my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So I am posting this episode on February 23rd which is the Tuesday after the winter storm here in Texas. Some of you know that I am based in Texas, Houston, Texas specifically. And like 99% of the people here, I was definitely affected along with um, family and friends and loved ones and all of that. And a few days later into the incident, into the event. I am just now coming to a place where I am out of crisis mode and I'm feeling the effects of what we just went through this past week. Um, There's been a lot of collective trauma this year um, between COVID, between uh, people passing away, between um, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, the Ahmaud Arbery, Elijah McClain, all of the countless um, black men and women who have been killed as a result of violence, the election, and all the things. And now this for my for my Texas brethren. And um, I know a lot of people have been talking about hitting walls. Uh, we are coming up on the year anniversary of when we first started to see a lot of talk around COVID um, and still questioning whether or not it's a thing. Um, Places starting to go into lockdown and it's been a lot. And so I know that I know that it's been hard. It's been hard by for so many of us for a long time. And I know for me, last week with the Texas storm was just so much where um, I forgot about everything else because I was in crisis mode with the storm and will the lights stay on? What are we doing for water and all that stuff? So all that to say, your girl is spent. And I am honoring the fact that I'm spent by not making myself record another episode. So what I am doing. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. 
Hosted Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products that support every garden and lawn, Hosted Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coastal Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coastal Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that aspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coastal Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Costa Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit costamaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. As I am resharing one of the episodes that I get tagged in the most, um, people will, when they first find Black Girls Heal, if it's something that they feel like they connect to, a lot of women will binge and they will start from the beginning and kind of work their way up, which is um, pretty cool to, to see. And so this is one of the episodes that women will um, will tell me that they're listening to the most and tell me that it is really helpful to them. So I'm resharing it for y'all today in hopes that if you are first, if this is your first time hearing this episode, that it is um, in line with what you need. If it is your second or third time listening to it, that it is what you need right now. And in case you are one of... If, in case you align with me and um, just kind of feeling that wall, maybe just this introduction is what you need this week for you to know that it is okay for you to be at that wall. It is okay for you to feel overwhelmed. It's okay for you to still feel sad. It's okay for you to have all the feelings that you need to um, and not have to be in perfect, positive optimistic, you know, everything is, is working for me all around me. It, when it comes to experiencing trauma and grief, it is totally okay to have the waves. It's okay to have the bad minutes, the bad days, the bad hours, the bad weeks, um, to feel whatever it is that you need to feel. Um, me myself, because I've been through this, this, this experience, unfortunately, several times um, between Hurricane Harvey, uh, we were um, flood um, survivors the year before where we lost everything before Harvey um, and all the other things I listed. Um, um, I'm aware of when I'm hitting that wall. So I'm actually going to be taking the following week off um, and not doing anything um, because I know where my body gets to if I don't and it ain't worth it. So I'm taking that space for me. I want everyone else, wherever you are, if you relate to that, whatever you need or whatever it is that you tend to neglect whenever you are in crisis mode or you go into burnout or 
your sense of overwhelm for you to listen to that part of you and to take care of yourself. So for me, it involves me taking a break and taking a step back from work and tasks because those are the things they simultaneously bring me joy. But at the same time, I can definitely use that as a place to kind of cover up what I'm feeling. For some of you, it is when you go into crisis mode, you just stop taking care of yourself physically. You stop eating. You need to make sure that you are having food that is already there for you so you don't have to worry about preparing it. Let yourself eat frozen dinners for this week and don't stress yourself out thinking that you have to go to the store and um, spend hours cooking, especially if that is not your favorite thing to do or if it is your favorite thing to do. You know, the thing about grief and stress and sadness is it takes away the joy from things that usually do make us feel happy. So if you're at that place where the things that usually make you feel happy aren't really hitting it right now, um, that is a sign that there are probably some emotions and feelings and rest and space that you need to take for yourself. Um, the other thing that I'm going to be doing over this next week is I will be replacing the things that I used to do with things that bring me joy and are fun and are things of relaxation uh, 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 that are related to relaxation for me. Um, the only thing I have on my list right now is reading books. I'm sure that once I am done with this, I'll be able to have the space to figure out what I want to do with this upcoming week. Right now I'm getting things in line, getting my team set up, I'm recording things um, that will be just be posted next week with me being out um, so I don't have to touch it because your girl will be ghost. I am deleting Twitter from my, from my phone for the next week, even though I like using it as my news source. You can't really mitigate the things that just pop up and may stress you out. Um, same thing with social media. I'm creating a whole new different Facebook account so I don't have to worry about things that people share stressing me out and that's just going to be just for work and I don't have to worry about it. So just seeing and knowing and understanding what's going to help me feel safe, I'm putting those things into place. So whatever those things are for you, I need you to do it. I need you to, if you don't have a pet and you've always wanted a pet, I, I need you to go and play in an appointment at your local S, um, what is it? SPCA, um, the local pet shelter for you to just go and hug and cuddle on some animals, but do what you need to do for you. And for everyone else who's like, I'm here for the love and the relationships, sis. <laughs> Don't worry, I got you. We're going to go ahead and jump into this next week's episode coming up. In this episode, it is called um, When It's Hard to Let Go. And I'm talking about three things that kind of make it hard for us to let go of people that we need. I start off by answering a question that was asked in the previous episode. And um, there's some good nuggets there as well. Um, some good clarification from um, that episode when I was talking about um, accepting people. What does that mean? The difference between accepting people and letting them walk over you and accepting people for who they are, but still having your boundaries. So that is really great. I reference our Facebook group, which is no longer active, but we're looking at other community options for our ladies. So 
I'll be talking about that in a future episode. But for right now, let's just go ahead and learn today, ladies. Just go ahead and learn about what to have in mind whenever it is hard to let go. I hope that this, again, meets you where you needed to meet you at. And that is aged well over the last year and a half when it was first posted and shared. But that's it. Let's go ahead and get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that you are well wherever you are in the world. So today we are going to talk about when it is hard to let go. I'm going to review some of the things that keep us stuck. Um, and hopefully by me unveiling those things, it'll help you know how to move forward. Because what I always say to our students is you cannot solve the problem if you don't know the root. And when we kind of say, um, this is difficult, but we don't look at why it's difficult, then we kind of spin in circles. But before we do that, I wanted to follow up on last week's podcast episode. So last week's podcast episode was all about um, three ways to make sure that you choose the right people who won't hurt you, burn you, disappoint you, and whatnot. And so I went over three things for you to consider. And so for those of you who don't know, we have a Facebook group, uh, which is where we continue the conversation about the podcast episodes, about whatever the theme of the week is. Um, The podcast always goes with a certain theme that we talk about in social media as well. And there's different tips there. And so one of our listeners um, had a question that I thought was really good. And I wanted to share with y'all along with my answer in case anyone else had the same thought. So, um, they say they love the podcast episode, but I was a bit confused about one point. At one point, Sheena talks about not asking other people to change you if they, if you feel they are hurting you or doing something you dislike and that you should just adjust to them instead of expecting them to adjust to you. Example, if someone is harsh, then instead of asking them to speak to you differently slash changing them, change your expectations. She says, I understand this on some level, but I'm confused as to why you shouldn't stand up for yourself or communicate what you want. I'm also confused as to how you should deal with a person like this if you shouldn't try to quote unquote change them or communicate what you want. Leave if you don't like how they're treating you or just stay and not complain. Or does this depend on the type of the relationship? Thank you so much for all the work that you do. So this was a really good question, especially since um, during my explanation, I was kind of worried if that might be um, a little bit confusing to folks. And so here is my answer to clarify that. Yes, you should always stand up for yourself and communicate what you need. Again, you should always stand up for yourself and communicate what you need. My point, which may have been lost, is that if not careful, we can spend a lot of time and energy trying to convince or change someone to follow the boundaries that we've asked of them. However, the truth is, is that some people will not or cannot do so. And with those people, the acceptance part does not mean that we stay in the relationship with them and risk being hurt and dismissed. It means that we accept that this is all they can give and then we make adjustments in the relationship by leaving it limiting time with them, or putting up boundaries, etc. In short, we can only change ourselves. And if the other people cannot or will not give us what we need, we, we need to move around. Okay? So hopefully that helps clarify um, what I meant about balancing acceptance, focusing on ourselves, 
and focusing or not focusing on other people so that we can choose the right folks in our lives. And so going back to today's topic, let's talk about why it can be hard to let go of these people, um, even when we're reading all the signs and we see the proof um, that this may not be the best fit. Okay, so here at Black Girls Heal, we're all about talking about breaking cycles of unhealthy relationships, no, no longer feeling not enough, getting that inner healing because we believe and we know that the way that we attach to other people is always resolved to unresolved pain or is always connected to unresolved pain and things that we need to figure out and heal within ourselves so that we can fix those magnets and get um, the love and the friendships and the self self-love that we deserve, right? That we would no longer be afraid of intimacy, afraid of being disappointed, afraid of getting less. And so with that said, the first reason why it is hard to let... Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Go is directly connected to that. We are afraid that we're not going to get something better is one reason why it can be hard to let go. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. 
My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. So this is specifically in um, the wording of this is specifically maybe for romantic relationships. So either I am dating, married to, committed to someone who um, has been hurtful or dismissive or is unavailable or is just not it's just not working. Um, maybe even they might be abusive. And so it's kind of like the double, you know, is better than the double you don't know. And so at least in this relationship, even though it's not working, even though it's hurtful, even though it can be draining, you know what to expect for this person. You know, um, what your coping mechanisms are, you know, how you self-medicate and how you try to get other people to try to make you happy or go and invest in other hobbies or things to do. Um, which on one hand is really good because, you know, you should never have your life on standstill waiting for someone to make you happy. Um, that's easier said than done because a lot of times we can even say in our head, you know, I I'm not worried about them. You know, I'm just worried about myself, but really when you sit down and you're quiet and you still, you're still about it. Um, is this, is this nagging ache on the inside, right? We, we feel really um, defeated and hurt and rejected and abandoned that it can seem like every other person in our life um, is really giving and present and open, except for the person that we want to be giving, present, and open the most, right? And so it's like, well, what do I do? And that's also what drives us to try to fix it, to try to change it, because if it works everywhere else, why can't it work here, right? And so with that, with seeing the potential, you know, you can see how this relationship could work out. Um, and you think, well, I could leave this person or leave this relationship or make a break, um, and try to find someone else. But I don't think I will because I see how close we are. We're like, we're like five feet from the finish line or maybe 20 feet from the finish line. We're so close. So why would I give this up? and try to find someone else and mess up what possibly could be my good thing. It could possibly be my happy ending. And so what happens when we continue to do this, when we ignore red flags, when we ignore all the signs, when we kind of have amnesia over the years and years and years of time that we've invested, um, we just spend more time going in circles. We actually come to a place where maybe we started off having boundaries and limits and standards to the more time you spend accepting something that is less than your best, the more used to it that you get. So kind of like the, the phrase that talks about you become like the company that you keep, like the company you keep brings you down. That can also happen in relationships because you just get comfortable, which is the second reason why it is hard to let go. You know, um, we get stuck in our ruts. We get stuck in this being what feels like is normal to us. And so at first it was a big deal when, um, your friends or your partners were always late when they were always, um, trying to take from you and not give to you. And you might've, um, even stood up for yourself and said, I'm not going to take this. 
but the more that you take it, the more that you, um, you're not even aware of the egregious things that happen. And so some of you might be able to relate where either you or a friend or a family member or a sister or, or a brother or someone was telling you about something that happened in their relationship and you're shocked and appalled and you're like, oh my God, they said that? Or, oh my God, they, they did that? And then what did you do? You know, fully expecting for either you or the other person to say, well, I told them I wasn't going to take it or um, I put up a, I put up a boundary or I left them. But what the other person actually says is, oh, well, I didn't say anything or, well, nothing happened. I'm just telling you the story. Or they tell you how, oh, well, it used to be so much worse. Um, so this is better. And you're sitting there and you're like, that shouldn't happen at all. <laughs> like the fact that there is like a first level offense and now there's a third level offense um, or vice versa. Um, you get what I mean? That, that, that there is, they're still offending you, but there's supposedly less intensity that the person is thinking like you deserve more or you're thinking about that friend, you deserve more. We need to be aware that sometimes we stay because we've gotten used to being taken for granted We've gotten used to um, being abused. We've been used to being neglected. And so now we're just kind of numb to it until someone else points it out to us or until we get into so much pain that we are finally aware of it. And a lot of times it's not that we're just living life, you know, and we're completely numb. You know, we're doing other things to compensate for the love and care that we're not getting. You know, I talk often about, um, some cross addiction stuff that may happen. And so, you know, we're not getting what we need in our relationships. So we get what we need via praise from other people and work and accomplishments via food, via shopping, having the best hair, um, having a certain amount of money, um, gambling for some of us, wine and alcohol for some other one of us, um, who, and we, we convince ourselves that we're just living our best lives you know, whatever it might be, um, we're trying to fill that ache and that hole. That need doesn't go away just because we're not getting it from our partner. So what we risk whenever we stay because it's comfortable is even when we do choose to leave, um, and I'm speaking it for you, for those of you who are still on the fence and you're still trying to figure out, well, what is my next step? Say you do choose to leave. Um, and it's not an avoidance strategy. If you don't know what avoidance is, check out my, um, our episode that talks about what are intimacy disorders, love addiction and love avoidance, but it is like a legitimate, this is a healthy decision for your own self preservation, self preservation and healing. What happens is you become so accustomed to a certain level of treatment that even though you're no longer in that relationship, you're subconsciously or even consciously expecting that same level in another relationship. Sure, you may want more, but because you had gotten to a place that was really hard for you to push back or to name it or to even have the energy to have that same fight, you know, it's easier just for you to take care of it yourself or just to ignore it. Um, those same type of patterns follow you. And so you have to work on getting your esteem up you have to work on getting your standards up. You have to unlearn all of the stuff that you learned um, in that relationship, right? Um, and that takes time. You know, it takes uh, someone else or it takes outside support, which is why I'm always preaching 
for y'all to get therapy and help when it comes to these relationships to join the Learn to Thrive program to get connected to me or to another coach because when you're in it, you're blind to it. Again, that same example that I had where either you or a friend is in a relationship and the person is doing some messed up stuff and you're like, girl, that's crazy. And they're like, is it though? <laughs> is it crazy? I mean, it could have been worse. And you're like, no, girl, this is, this is insane. You, you need someone to be your lifeline outside of it. Okay. And so, um, make sure that whenever and however you choose to leave, that you have some support. And the last reason that I wanted to talk about today, why it can be hard to let go is because we feel guilty. And so some of us are in relationships where we came in as the savior um, or we made ourselves a self-appointed savior. And so us leaving the other person feels like we are abandoning them, that we're neglecting them, um, that they need us. Um, oftentimes is that we need them to need us. And so some of these examples are we became financially um, supportive of that person. And so we are staying because, well, let's just finish out this last debt repayment thing or let's let me kind of help them with the last of their medical bills and then i'm out but when it comes to things like that these people because they're codependent on us and because we have this unhealthy connection there is never going to be a day or a time that they are fully self-sufficient why do they need to be they have you right or they're so sad and they're so depressed and you need to stay there to be a support to them you can't really cut them off you know maybe y'all can just quote unquote, be friends, but that never works out. Why? Because there's history and there's connection and there's baggage. And then also, again, you're the savior. So you actually feel guilty putting in boundaries that's actually healthy for friendships. You can never truly be just friends with them because you never have been just friends with them. Right. Or even if you have been, um, the power dynamics and it's so messy and sticky that you can't really return. And so, when this happens, we get stuck in a cycle where our life is on pause. We can no, never move forward because we are stuck trying to resolve a problem that is never going to be resolved as soon as, as long as we're there. And actually it was never our responsibility to resolve in the first place. This is how we get into the time sucking, um, um, vortex where we're there for years and years with someone who we feel very empty with and we don't know why. And then we feel even more stuck. Right. How many of you who can relate to this, um, think about, um, even say you've been in a relationship for a few years, you've been unfulfilled for a long time. And then when you're sitting there and you're thinking about leaving, you're like, um, man, I wasted X amount of years with this person. And then you feel even more defeated. And then you're like, man, then what's the point? I've kind of wasted my whole life. And then you stay again for another couple years <laughs> because you're so, and I don't laugh to be, um, to be dismissive, but just to kind of share, you know, how, how ridiculous the cycle can feel to us, right? How insane it can, it can make us feel, but you know, we stay another couple years because we were so upset for the fact that we stayed those few first few years. But then when we snap out of that, we look back and we're like, man, I wanted to leave a couple years ago and I'm still here. Right. And you can exchange the amount of time for days, for months, for weeks, whatever it is for you, but whatever it is, we need to make the break. Okay. Okay. So those are three reasons why it is hard to let go. 
you may now be asking, well, okay, now I know, tell me what to do. <laughs> and I am here for you. And so I'm gonna give you a couple of things. The first I actually already mentioned, which is get some outside support and help. Once you decide to let go of this relationship, um, even when you have all the proof and all the information you need that it is time, you are still emotionally tied to that person most of the time. If you were not, you would have been gone already. You wouldn't still be listening to this episode, right? And so um, you need someone who is neutral and outside of you to help you, um, to help snap you out of kind of the fantasy of what's going on. And so when I say fantasy, fantasy doesn't always mean that it's like perfect and rainbows. Sometimes we can see people in, in, in an image that we want them to be versus what is actually happening, right? That potential that I talked about before, you know, we're so close and he or she is so close. Um, and if I just stay and if we could just have this argument a different way, or, you know, we had this really great conversation before, if I can just get that to be our norm, then everything will be okay. Whatever that is, that's all fantasy, right? And so to help have people help ground us back in the truth. So expanding your support team, your support system, if you haven't already, it's the first thing. The second is, um, and what I said, what I just explained, getting grounded in the facts. What are the facts of the situation? What is actually happening versus what you want to happen and letting that be your new truth. And third is um, getting at that inner healing. You know, what is the thing that either attracted you to this person in the first place or had you stay here where you were being looked over, taken for granted, dismissed, abused, cheated on, whatever it might be, um, you know, stolen from, insulted, you know, we all have our own different cocktails. We can have someone who is physically there and present. They've never said a cross word to us. They've never um, been demeaning, but we just really need someone to emotionally connect to. We need someone who will share their day with us. We need someone who can be emotionally responsive and he or she is not it. And if anything, whenever we ask for it, they try to make us seem like we're too clingy or we're too needy and it's really confusing. And then that's what we begin to settle on. We start to get quote unquote used to being in emotionally empty relationships when there's a part of us that thinks, well, this can't, this can't be right. Or even if this is right for them, it's not right for me, but I feel guilty for asking for more, you know? And in those cases, the inner healing would be, what is it in me that is willing to take less? What am I looking for and why am I compromising? Why am I so willing to compromise myself to be connected to this person? What is it about them or what is it about me that sees people in a higher regard, right? That's the healing that we need to get to. So um, that is my support for why it could be hard to let go, to help give you some words to what you might be feeling and might be dealing with. Um, a couple little um, things for you to do to, um, to continue to work through that or to start working through that if you haven't already, if you have any follow-up questions. So that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. 